precious people, I want to share on the message that is shaking the whole earth. I want now to release this very powerful message to this nation. Every once a year, end of year, the Lord has allowed me to go and stand there and organize for a healing service. And 2012, as we were organizing for the end of year, the grand mega healing service, that year it was in Kisumu. And as we were preparing, as usual, the Lord always comes in dreams and speaks to me about that meeting, the healings, the signs and wonders that will take place there in dreams. As we were preparing, then on November 21st, 2012, the Lord came and spoke with me about that meeting. And in that dream, I saw myself standing at the altar of the Lord and in the meeting, Grand Mega. And as I was standing there, heaven opened and the cloud of God came down, the glory from heaven. But I remember that when I saw heaven opening and the glory began to descend, then a tremendous visitation of healings took place here in the meeting. Creepers were walking the blind, the deaf, the mute. Everything was happening. And so, I got consumed up, eaten up by the happenings here. And the next thing I realized in that dream, the huge cloud was right here, coming towards the altar. Had arrived. And I remember that the Lord made me know that this is the glory of Jehovah. This is God the Father himself. And I remember I panicked in that dream. I panicked. Because I was at the altar and the cloud is coming. And I knew this is God the Father. So I did not know what to do. Look at what I did. In that dream. On the altar, the healings were happening. I was consumed here. All of a sudden, the huge cloud, bigger than this field. Coming towards the altar. And I remember I panicked. So, this is what I did. I tried to dodge it. But I could not. Nobody can dodge the Lord. And so, when the glory hit me, I just stood up in that dream. And let me share with you some secrets of heaven. The glory of Jehovah. The glory of the Lord. Has weight, weight. When the glory hit me, the cloud, I could feel the weight hit my face. And in several waves. That's why when I gave the prophecy that November 21st, before it happened, I said, coming in waves. Because you get to live that day before it happens. That is the calling of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so, I gave the prophecy live on our radio globally. And I said, I see the cloud of Jehovah himself coming. And I said, 
this time around God the Father himself is coming to shepherd the church and I remember when I finished saying this I said wow I don't know why I've said that live on radio listen to this and then come December 26th four days to the meeting again the Lord came to show me that meeting and again I was standing at the altar but this time around heaven opened and white column of glory with light came this time straight all the way onto the altar and what was happening inside I am not yet allowed to share with you I've never shared with anybody until now a lot was happening between heaven and that altar anyhow when finally the day came December 31st there are pastors who came from abroad just because they heard that prophecy they just wanted to confirm will this happen in 2012 the new age I said coming the way he used to visit Moses in the cloud they said no way no way this modern age of the grace the cloud of the law and he says he's coming I am going there to see for myself is this really right if this will be right I'll believe he's God hallelujah but listen precious people this you see here was sent to us by a pastor from New York they show when the man of God comes to the meeting over here. And they show him pointing towards those trees. And let me tell you, when the glory began to come, the healings that took place here consumed almost everybody. Very few remembered the prophecy of the glory. Very few. What nation are you? What people are you? generation is this that can discuss the glory of Jehovah visiting you must be the blessed generation <laughs> because only during Moses some people died did not even have a chance of seeing but anyhow you see when the glory was approaching before he touched down you see the two umbrellas you see the trees the man of God was pointing to us when he entered the stadium and said I see the glory of the Lord coming I see him coming from here some people came to do a document a document because only in Israel this happened <laughs> only in Israel and you see when the glory touched down the same two umbrellas now what is the message of this historic visitation of the tremendous glory of Jehovah into the church. Because when I look at this meeting, it looks to me like a Christian gathering. Then that is a visitation in the house. So what is the message? When the Lord descended His glory, the cloud of His glory from heaven into the meeting, what is the message? Listen to me, precious people. Listen very carefully now. The Bible does promise the latter visitation. 
When you read the Bible, there is a promise there that the final visitation before the Messiah comes will be historic, mighty, record. Final visitation. The Bible promises. I want you to know that the Bible promises this. And this kind of message is free of charge. It is not the message where you have to pay thousands of shillings to go and listen to nothing. This one, if truly this is about heaven, it must be accessible to the widows, to the orphans, to the poor, to the rich, to the low, to the educated. All. They must access it. What does the Bible say? If you look at the places in the Bible where the Lord promised the latter visitation, you see the prophets of old, when they saw that visitation in their oracles, in their manuscripts, they inscribed, they put in there, even the purpose. Even the purpose they put in there. Let me give some few points very quick. Every time the Lord speaks, you must find it in the Bible. Number two, every time the Lord speaks, he must always rebuke sin. Every time the Lord speaks, he must always centralize the holiness of God in the church. Because he's holy. Every time the Lord speaks, he must always point at, look, the coming Messiah. But what does the Bible say about this visitation? This is so key for me because I know now the Lord is now bringing everybody on board to prepare them for the kingdom of God. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 11, precious people. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Verses 9, just two, three verses. Hallelujah. So when you go back to your campuses, your universities, you now take back eternal life. Deuteronomy 11, 9. I'm reading from verse 8 though. I'm reading real quick, just a few verses, then I'll explain. Deuteronomy 11, 8 only says, Observe therefore all the commands I am giving you today so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess and so that you may live long in the land that the Lord swore to your forefathers to give to them and their descendants a land flowing with milk and honey Verse 10 is key. He says, The land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. That is a very strong statement from the Lord. Verse 11 he says, But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drink rain directly from heaven. It's a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year even unto its end. 
So, if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today, to love the Lord your God and serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on your land in its seasons, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain, the new wine, and oil. I will provide grass in the field for your cattle. You will eat and you will be satisfied. What is the Lord saying here about this visitation here? Let me go back to Israel again. The Lord did a mighty job to deliver, rescue Israel from Egyptian slavery. The Lord did a mighty job to rescue Israel from Egypt by power, miracles, signs and wonders. And they saw. They lived it. They witnessed. And when they entered the wilderness, then the Lord looked at Israel and he was shocked. He was very shocked at what he saw. Very surprised. Why? He had just delivered these people from cruelty, abuse, and then, all of a sudden, he heard what they said. They said, we don't want, we want to go back to Egypt. He had just released manna from heaven. Wow. Holy bread. And in that release of manna, the Lord had a mission and vision for Israel. I am coming to the church and I guess some of you, the undercurrent, underneath, you will be able to see the message of the church. Wait a second. He says, when he looked at Israel, it is as though you can remove a boy from the village, but you can never remove the village from a boy. He had removed them from Egyptian slavery, but in the wilderness, they appeared to be living Egyptian life. He was shocked. Because they even said, let us raise for us another leader to take us back. If you read the book of Numbers 11, they were even saying, in Egypt, they used to eat a lot of meat. Pots of meat. Huge cucumbers. They were longing for Egypt. Their conformity was to Egypt. And yet, in releasing the manna from heaven, the manna they said is detestable. God was essentially saying, Hey, I have separated you, Israel. I have a plan for you. That when you will go into the promised land, now, like I've released bread from heaven to you on a daily basis, so shall I release the living bread to the nations through you. That was the reason for separation. They did not see this. They were longing to go back. And so, the Lord, he realized that he had to warn these people. Somebody now understands what the glory comes to do here. Wait and see. 
he had to warn them. He said, hey, be careful now. The land you are going to, entering into, crossing the Jordan to possess, is not like Egypt. That was the warning. It's not like Egypt. Where you used to take water in small containers and go to the river Nile. Fetch the water and he says, irrigate by foot. Can you imagine irrigating 10 hectares of wheat by foot? They had to do it. And the Lord was saying, hey, be careful. In Egypt, you could afford the careless living. You could live as a free spirit. You know what? I don't believe in God. You could say that. And the next morning, you woke up, the river Nile was still there. Fetch water, irrigate. However small the harvest, you got it. And the Lord was saying, Hey, be careful. The land you are entering into will not be able to condone careless living. Carelessness. Careless worship. You worship Egyptian God, it does not matter. You just go the next day, fetch water by foot. Mundane, heavy, abusive. Listen to this. He was saying, however, that land you are crossing the Jordan to take over is the land of mountains and valleys that drink rain directly from Jehovah. Are you beginning to understand where the message is going to? Yes, now he is coming to the church. In other words, he's saying that when they cross the Red Sea or the Jordan to enter there, that land is observing open heavens. Heaven is open. The portals are open. And if you read further on, he warns them, hey, be careful to obey the Lord there. He said, so if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and serve him in that way, then he will bring you both rains, the autumn and spring rains, meaning he will keep the heavens open. Does somebody understand me here? I, I am coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. It also means that however, if you fall around in that land, then look, the heavens will be shut and there is no river Nile in Jerusalem. So you will die. What is the message to the church then? Out of this. Listen to me very carefully now. If you read the Bible in the book of Numbers chapter 9 verses 15 to 23. You see this same cloud. Same exact. Coming over the tabernacle of Moses.
houses. The tent of meeting. Everybody focus here. This is key now. And when this cloud came, that was the time when Israel was most desperate for the leading of God. I am now walking towards you. Listen to this now. Focus on me now. Look at this. I want to focus on the segment between Mount Sinai and the Red Sea. I call it the final stretch. That is the segment when, number one, Israel wandered most in the wilderness. Meaning, I have lost direction. You are supposed to be going there to the promise to where you were created for, where your vision is, where everything your future is, but you have lost direction and you are wondering, going this way, this way, and that way. That segment is also when Israel was most rebellious. You remember Korah. Korah Dathan, Abiram, they rebelled against God and Moses. That is the segment in which they said, we are tired of manna from heaven. That is the segment in which they said, let us raise a leader to return us to Egypt. You cannot believe this. He had delivered them from there by power, miracles, might, signs and wonders. And so the Lord said, if I don't intervene, these people might go back to Egypt. The same cloud, same, same cloud came down. Same cloud. Now that the same cloud has come and come to the church, Wow, when I look at the church of Christ right now, right now as I stand here, this is the time when she is most rebellious to the Lord. Now it's a climax now. Right now, she is selling the blood of Jesus at market price. So a seed get you a miracle. How can you? How can you sell the perfect blood of the perfect Lamb of God? The blood of Jesus that was shed, that paid full price of deliverance. How? How can you even try? Oh, when they are preaching, you see, send your money and get your prophetic word. This is the moment when the church has gone astray most. This hour. And I want you to listen to me very well. Same cloud, same God, same purpose. He must have seen that wow, I delivered these people from the world. But 
but if you look at the church she now lives like the world she loves the world look at the dressing of women in the church look at the immoral dressing of women in the church open chest ministers in the house of my father tell me if that is not rebellion then what is because you say you are modern people excuse me i have news for you in the kingdom of god i have seen the kingdom of god i have seen the messiah come and take the church i have seen the rapture of the church but the church that the messiah took in other words in the kingdom of god there will not be a modern christian but there will be a holy christian did you understand me did you understand the message of this visitation and if you read the book of numbers numbers chapter 9 verses 15 to 23 Look at what he says that when the cloud came when the cloud settled on the tabernacle they encamped when the cloud lifted they lifted and packed and went when the cloud settled they encamped when the cloud lifted they went and he says whether for one day or from evening to morning or for one week or for a month whenever the cloud settled they obeyed do you understand the message now the lord is saying that now that the cloud has come the message is clear he says behold rebellious israel you cannot believe it rebellious israel but when the cloud came they had a unique a strange obedience to the cloud uncommon unequal unparalleled so is the lord saying to the church he's saying that right now no matter how evil sagging trousers your sons wore oh yes <laughs> I need to talk here. I feel like talking. No matter how many abortions in the church. No matter how many scandals, scandals of pastors telling a woman do your mouth like this or a man or whatever. We have watched it all. We have watched it all. No matter how disobedient When the cloud settled, they settled. When the cloud lifted, they packed up and left. And if you read the final verse 23, he says, "And in that way Israel obeyed, obeyed the command of Jehovah." This is the hour for obedience. obedience to the lord what does that mean the lord is saying hebrews 
14. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. And he says, for without holiness, nobody, nobody will see the kingdom of God. Nobody will see the Lord. Holiness is a command. I don't know why the church treats holiness as something debatable, bargainable. We can talk about it. No. Not at all. He's saying that right now the Lord like he did shepherd Israel with his glory. So has he come to shepherd the church to a given land of open heaven. This is open heaven. This is open heaven. The revival of the Lord is not something you read in a novel and you feel goosebumps. You say, wow, I feel bumps. I've read this book about revival. No. The revival of the Lord is real. You can crystallize it and harvest all these souls for Jesus. Everybody. It is real. It is not a textbook phenomenon. Isaiah. Isaiah saw this glory. When the prophet Isaiah saw this glory, what did Isaiah see? I really want to handle that. That is key. Isaiah 26, somebody. Isaiah 26, verses 19 to 21. What is the message of this glory to the church? The Messiah is coming. I have seen the coming of the Messiah. And I have seen the church he comes to take. That church is a holy, glorious, mature church. Oh yes, that will not change. So that's why today is an important day. Because you can go back and think about these things. And make your decision. Isaiah 26, 19 to 22. Isaiah 26, 19 it says, But your dead will live. Their bodies will rise. You who dwell in the dust, wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to her dead. And he says, Go, my people, enter your rooms and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until his wrath has passed by. Let me stop there. What is the message that Isaiah brings to the church when Isaiah saw this glory? This glory here. Tremendous. Historic. Stunning. What is the message? When Isaiah saw this glory, Isaiah called it the morning dew. The dew of the morning. And Isaiah said, that shout for joy, for your dew is like the dew of the morning. Meaning, when he saw the glory come, there was a revival in the church. A revival. Renewal. Restoration. Reformation. Repentance. Return. 
But what amazes me is this. When you go to verse 20, owing to this glory, the morning dew, in verse 20, Isaiah, after seeing this glory and seeing the revival, verse 20, Isaiah sees the rapture of the church. He says, Go, my people. That is awesome. Now Isaiah sees a special group called my people. Special elect. Special group. When you read John chapter 14 verses 1 to 3. Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And he says, he goes to the father's house to prepare a place for you. And he says, there are many rooms. But Isaiah, after seeing this glory, now Isaiah sees a special group called my people. Go my people, enter your rooms. Same rooms Jesus went to prepare. <laughs> the moment of truth is here. You have been feeding on the gospel of prosperity. Today, you are feeding on the truth of the Lord. Oh yes. The gospel of money, time out. Because now we must prepare and enter. Oh yes. And decide. And from today on, nobody will ever lie to you again. Oh yes, that's why I come. That's why the Lord sent me. That when you bring the truth, it will set them free. Isaiah sees that this glory carves out a special people called my people. This is so important for me. That is really, really very important for me. I am reading a very powerful scripture here right now. I am reading the book of Exodus chapter 19. Exodus 19, I'm reading. Exodus 19, verse 15. Then we'll be able to understand that. Exodus 19. That's why I come. So that I may cut. When I see a tumor, take it out. Throw it out. That the body may remain healthy. Removing the tumors from the body of Christ. You cannot come here and start lying. So a seed here. Get your miracle here. That would be blasphemy and blackmail. When I come to you people, the truth must be expositioned. Time is out for the false prophets in the church. False apostles in the church. Time has come for the true gospel of holiness, righteousness. Oh yes. Oh yes. They have to know. I have to read two scriptures. I'm reading Exodus 19 verse 3. Exodus 19. I'm reading from verse 3. Let's see what he says here. This is powerful. Exodus 19 verse 3 says, Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, the cloud came down, this cloud, from the mountain and said, This
this is what you are to say to the house of Jacob and what you are to say to the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Out of all the nations. Look at what he says after that. And he says there, although the whole earth is mine, you will be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to Israel. I want to read the book of First Peter and then I explain. First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. I want to link up. Then I'll explain. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Only one verse. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. He says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. Once you are not a people, but you are now a people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have mercy. Let me explain. What is the Lord saying? The Lord is essentially saying that when this cloud, the same cloud, descended upon Israel in the wilderness, this cloud, look at this, by Israel obeying the command of God, when the cloud settled, they encamped. When the cloud lifted, they went. By doing that repeatedly, they became known as God's chosen people. And he's saying, the cloud has come again, this time to the church. And he's saying, if you will obey the command of God at this hour, the leading of God, the leadership, the counsel of God, the daily counsel, he will carve you out to be the people, Isaiah, so my people, you will become the special elect of God. That is the message. I need to sort this out. This is about the eternal kingdom of God. Oh yes, oh yes. Make no mistake about this one. Oh yes. This one is about the eternity of the church. The eternity of this nation. Listen to me. If you have been playing around in church with immorality, with false apostles all over the church, they put name tags. False prophets, they put name tags. They have weak tongues. They cannot pronounce holiness. If you see how today there are special night clubs for Christians. Night clubs for Christians. I was shocked. Night clubs. Special night clubs for Christians. How today. There are special night clubs for Christians. They go Christian discos. If you have been fooling around. With worship. And still going to River Nile and fetching some little water and irrigating by foot. 
as in a vegetable garden. He says, look at this now. The cloud of God has now descended and is leading the church to another land where there is no river Nile. A land of open heaven. A land where you have to squarely depend on the Lord. Meaning, you must have perfect relationship with Jehovah. Perfect. You fool around, shut heaven, you die. That is the message. I need to finish something very, very critical, very fast. Listen to this now. Do you remember Moses? Moses was shepherding the sheep of Jethro. And when he was shepherding the sheep of Jethro, look at this now. Then, one day, all of a sudden, he looked and he saw a burning bush. And when he looked at the bush, the bush was not burning. The flames were on the bush, but it was not burning. You can read at home Exodus chapter 3. But listen to this now. In fact, just read chapter 1, 2, 3. It's very beautiful for you. But listen to this now. The Bible says, when he saw that the bush was not burning, look at what he did. Everybody focus here. He stepped out to check. And the Bible says, when he saw that Moses had gone there to look, then he called from the glory of the burning bush. He called Moses, Moses. And Moses answered, here I am. And that became the classic calling of the prophet. I remember when the Lord called me from Israel on Mount Carmel and the glory, this very cloud stood in that vision like this. He called me twice by voice from there. It became the classic calling of the prophet. But listen to this now. When Moses encountered this glory of the Lord, the Lord himself, this time around as the burning bush. From that day on, the life of Moses changed. Number two, the identity of Moses changed. Number three, the mission of Moses changed. He stopped. He stopped shepherding the sheep of Jethro. He went to shepherd the sheep of Jehovah. Number two, Saul of Tarsus. Saul. Saul was persecuting Christians. But the day in Acts chapter 9, we're not reading. The day, the day that Saul encountered the glory of the Lord, he cried, he said, My Lord, who are you? Saul, persecuting Christians, killing them, destroying their ministry. Upon that encounter, look, from that day on, the life of Saul changed. The identity of Saul became Paul. The mission of Saul became Paul's mission. 
Oh yes. The church of Christ, you have encountered this glory. You have now encountered the glory of the Lord. Will you remain the same? Will you remain the same? You can never, you can never, you can never. Because nobody can afford to ignore Jehovah. Nobody. Nobody. Neither can we outgrow the Lord. The Lord is saying that the identity of the church that encounters this glory must change tonight. Today. So that when you are busy shepherding some of those things you shepherd in your halls. I don't know what you shepherd. Some of you probably you sell cigarettes. You are shepherding your cigarettes in the halls of residence. Or you are selling alcohol. I don't know what you do. I don't know what the ship of Jethro is in your life. But now we need to focus on to a heavenly appanage. A heavenly inheritance. Right now. Not tomorrow. The glory has come. You can never be the same. Some of you have been persecuting the Lord in your hearts secretly. But today, we are returning to the Lord. And our lives will never ever be the same again. Remember one thing. Remember when Korah, Dathan, Abiram, they tried to contest against the voice of the Lord. Then this same cloud came at the entrance and said, call them, I want to meet them. And the earth opened and swallowed them means this cloud also comes to reprove the church to clean up the church to purge off sin that is the only way you give direction when you say that this is sin then they know then they know it is sin the rapture is near the church must be delivered she must be purified she must repent she must return she must enter go my people enter your rooms hide yourselves now isaiah isaiah saw something else also related to this glory because he says go my people enter your rooms and shut the doors behind you meaning even as this bespeaks the open heavens this also announces the closing of the doors in heaven. If you want to enter, enter now. On that day, the Lord comes to shut the door. He says, like it was during the time of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. At the time of Noah in Genesis chapter 7 verse 16, he says, all the animals going in were male and female of every creation created by God. And he finishes by saying, and the Lord shut the door. Genesis 7 16. And when Jesus came in Matthew 25 
verses 1 to 13 when he spoke about the midnight hour, the rapture of the church, the wedding feast of the Lamb. Look at what Jesus said. He said it will be two churches. He gave a prophecy. Foolish church. No oil. No anointing. No open heaven. And he says she goes to buy oil. Meaning they will be selling the gospel of Jesus. They will be selling the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Today when I look at the church I see a lot of commercial. Commercial. These days you know I, I, I want the anointing like that man. I want a double portion. And that man says yeah if you want a double portion of this anointing you need to buy these two bottles here. And one bottle is a hundred thousand. Whatever. The buying of the Holy Spirit in the church. And he says in the same Matthew 25. He says the other church, the wise church, wisdom meaning living in the fear of the Lord. And he says the wise church will enter. But if you read verse 10 and 11, you see when the wise church entered, then the door was shut. This glory announces the shutting of the door. This glory. Yes. He says, the door will be shut one day. It's a warning. Please enter. Whatever it is, please enter. Listen, precious people. The Lord on November 1, November 1, 2006, Listen to me, the nations globally. The Lord in a mighty vision, he opened heaven, the glory came, and he placed two golden wedding rings in the sky. Now, those two golden wedding rings, they essentially talk about the day of the wedding of the Lamb of God. That is the day the church ought to be preparing for. That is the day for which you became a pastor that you may prepare the church, prepare the sheep, prepare the nation. But if you got the scripture of Revelation chapter 19 verses 6 to verse 9 that celebrate the day of the wedding of the Lamb. In verse 6 he says historic jubilation, historic celebration. Verse 7, 8 he says why? For the day has arrived. The wedding of the Lamb has arrived and his bride has made herself ready. The bride is the church. And he says, fine linen, bright and clean was given her to wear. And he finishes there by saying, fine linen stands for the righteousness, the righteous acts of the saints. This is the hour of righteousness. Really, yes. This is the moment when in whatever you do, oh yes, time is running out. I really have to give the 10 points. Take the following points. Even pastors. Now you can take the word and enter the kingdom of God. Number one. I'm giving you a few points to navigate you at this hour. He says, number one, seek first 
the kingdom of God. Meaning, in whatever you do, always seek first the kingdom of God. Number two, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. In whatever you do, let there be a reflection of that love. Number three, be totally available to the Lord. I am giving you some things that will help navigate you. These principles are in the Bible. Each of them are scriptures. Make sure in whatever you do, you are available to the Lord. If there is a work, a job, you are taking up a course, a university degree that makes you not available to the Lord, uh-huh. then you need to think about it, right? The other one says, don't seek the approval of man, but of God. Oh yes. Listen to me, pastors. In whatever you do, never ever seek the approval of men, but seek the approval of only the Lord. The other one is, learn to stand alone, even in the church. If you are in a church, a youth church, where there is sexual immorality, you surely do not have to subscribe to that. If you are a pastor, and you are in a pastor's fellowship, where they are talking about how they should do this, let's invite someone from where, so he can give us what, whatever, and there is no agenda of heaven, he says, learn to stand alone, even in the church. You rather walk alone. Let Jesus be your perfect example of singular focus on God the Father. Because every time Jesus spoke, he says, my father, my father, I do the work of he who sent me. If you see me, you see the father. Be an example others can follow. If you want to receive the Lord, just rise up precious people and receive Jesus. Everybody lift up your hands, those who want to receive the Lord. At this hour, this is the hour when this nation must now return to the Lord. Lift up your hands very high. Those who want to return to the Lord. And surely this is the hallmark of a blessed nation. So nobody should ever lie to you. This is a very, very, very blessed nation. Just continue on this journey alone and enter it's not debatable repeat this prayer very loud say mighty Jesus I repent tonight and receive you as my Lord and Savior please forgive me of all sin 
and establish righteousness and holiness in my life and separate me from deception lies sin in the mighty name of Jesus today I am born again hallelujah may the Lord bless you hallelujah